And Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me sees him who sent me. I have come as light into the world, that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my sayings and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my sayings has a judge. The word that I have spoken will be his judge on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority. The Father who sent me has himself given me commandment what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has bidden me. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Now this is uh, John 12, verses 44 through 50. It's the gospel text that I chose to go along with the sermon text out of Revelation. And the th part of the reason why I picked it is the use of one word, believe. And I've talked about it before, and I think I've even talked about it on here before, so, so bear with me, but it bears repeating. Whenever you see the word believe, especially in the New Testament, it, it's become my, my, my practice that I always process it as trust, because the word can mean that. It's, it's, it's uh, the, the belief being this, this having of faith, this trusting that something is true or is going to take place. It doesn't depend on certainty in the sense of, um, of a word saying, I certainly absolutely believe that this is the case and you cannot change my mind. That, that's not the sense of the word. The sense of the word is someone tells you something that either they did something for you or they're going to do something for you. And to have faith, to have belief, to have trust in this sense is to believe them that they're telling the truth. That they're not lying to you. That's how I always say it. Well, here we have Jesus speaking to us. Uh, and, and yesterday we talked about how that Revelation text, in some ways, um, and maybe it was during my sermon prep, I don't know, uh, it, it's a picture of an imitator. Someone pretending to be Jesus in a particular way, but not actually being Jesus. Well, here... It's he who believes in me, he who trusts in me, trusts not in me, but in him who sent me. So, so when we place our trust in Jesus, that Jesus is the one who um, is, is, is coming to set us free, that he's the one who's come to proclaim the good news to us, that he's, he's the one that has been sent by God for our sake, for the world's sake, to take away the sins of the world, we, we trust that what he says is true. We trust that when John the Baptist declares him as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, that it, he, he meant it and that it was true and that there are the sins of the world that Jesus needs to take away, which includes my sin and yours. But then it's also trusting that those sins are taken away. That, that admission of guilt, but then realizing that the clemency has come. But here we trust uh, not only in Jesus, but we, we trust in the one who sent him. That God sent him for a reason, that God is, is uh, speaking through Jesus, that Jesus is the word of God, God's sermon, the thus saith the Lord with flesh and bone on. 
And he says, I've come as light into the world, that whoever believes in me or trusts in me may not remain in darkness. That, that light that he's talking about in the verse previous to this, he says that whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Who, uh, he who sees me sees him who sent me. That, that if we want to understand how God actually is for us, we see him in Jesus, right? And that light that comes, that light that comes is to enlighten our darkness. The darkness in which we have nothing to hold on to. We have nothing to trust in. That we're groping around in the dark just hoping that we make our way through. Whereas him coming as the light in the darkness of our souls means that he's shining a way out. That he's shining a light on the path to make sure that we get out safely. And then if anyone hears my sayings and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. This is an interesting phrase because we always, right, we always confess that Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father and he will come to judge the quick and the dead, right, the living and the dead, that he's going to come and make decisions. And here he says, I'm not going to be doing that in the sense of how we understand that phrasing. What he's saying is that the judgment comes not through me, but through you. It comes through you not trusting that what I am saying to you is true. It comes because we do not receive his word. It comes and we say, no, I don't believe you, Jesus. You're lying to me. You're not truthful. You're not faithful. You're not who it is that I need right now. I'm going to try and find a different kind of Jesus because that's the kind of Jesus I want. I want the starting quarterback Jesus, or I want the grand general Jesus. I want the president of the United States Jesus. I want the whatever Jesus. Whereas Jesus comes to us and says, no, the judgment that's going to come upon you is not from me, but it's from you. Your judgment being that you said, no, I don't trust you. I don't trust you for who you are and for what you've done. He who rejects me and does not receive my sayings has a judge. The word that I have spoken will be his judge on the last day. See, see how that works? That the judgment comes to us not, not because we're out, not because God has cast us aside, but we've cast ourselves aside. We've chosen in our frailty and our sin in our, our bound will, that this will that is bound by sin, bound by darkness, that needs to be put to death and raised to new life in him. We have chosen in that to, for lack of a better word, give him the finger and say no. And so Jesus says, okay, your own testimony is going to condemn you which is a scary thought to think that all it takes for us to, is to say, okay, Jesus, you are who you say you are for me. And yet in the judgment, it's us saying, no, you're not. <laughs> That's the painful part. Because he says then that this, God has given this commandment. And what is this commandment? He says, it's eternal life. It's this, it's this picture of come to me and live, as the scriptures tell us. I think it's in Joshua. Choose life, right? And yet we often, more often than not, choose death.
Why do, I don't know why we do that, but we do. But here we have Christ speaking because God has bidden him to. God has put his words in him. He's embodied his word in Christ. And Christ comes speaking that thus saith the Lord, come to me and live. Stop spending all your time trying to find a Jesus where Jesus does not exist. Stop spending all your time telling Jesus, no, you are lying. No, you are not who you say you are. No, you have not done what you said you have done. Instead, trust that he is who he says he is. He has done what he said he has done. And all those other fake Jesuses that we come up with, those, those half-assed Jesuses, the ones that don't do the completed work of God in us, they're nothing. And he's everything. And all he's saying is just trust me. You can doubt. You can say, okay, I'm going to trust you. There's plenty of psalms to say, okay, I'm going to trust you, God, but but our, our faith is one to say, okay, I'm going to trust you today, Jesus, even though I'm having a hard time doing it. I trust that you are going to do what you say you're going to do. And that is Christ's presence with us, helping us, leading us, guiding us to hold on to him. Let us pray. Keep, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy church with thy perpetual mercy, because the frailty of man without thee cannot but fail. Keep us ever by thy help from all things hurtful, and lead us to all things profitable to our salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, church, go in peace, serve the Lord, and we will see you tomorrow. Actually, no, we'll see you on Sunday. Have a good weekend.